It's number one with a Bullard, the audio edition. I'm Gabe Bullard. Episode 7, Listen Like Someone's Watching. I have the same strategy for learning about new music that I've had most of my life, though the technology has changed. It's one part editorial. Magazines, blogs, social media accounts for critics I trust. It's one part social. Friends, colleagues. And it's one part accidental. Terrestrial or internet radio. Shazam while waiting in line at the convenience store. With almost all music available at any time, I also spend more time than ever with old music. I rediscover discographies. I conduct deep dives on subgenres and producers. Because I have a job and don't have band practice obligations, I don't spend as much time with music as I did when I was, say, 17, but adjusting for those differences, it's close. What I spend less time doing, though, is talking about music. It's not that I don't have friends I see or channels where I can share my thoughts. You, dear listener, are also my friend and I would happily accept any music recommendations you have. I like lots of new songs. I just don't feel a compulsion to share my thoughts on them. I don't passively share music either. When Apple Music updated to let users follow friends and see what they were listening to, I set my account to private. This type of social listening isn't the modern equivalent of telling someone what you like. It's as if your headphones were radio towers, broadcasting every new hit, every comforting replay, and every dabble with a different artist to the world. What I choose to say says something about me. No matter what I pick, it will be less new, less experimental, less catchy, less important, less clever, less cool, less anything than whatever someone else chose. And I don't want people to know about some of my listening habits. No one needs to notice that I'm listening to the John Prine song I put on when I'm sad and I want to cheer up. Broadcasting makes every pleasure feel like a guilty pleasure. Yes, I know we should banish the idea of guilty pleasures, because we shouldn't feel guilty for liking something. I generally agree. Like what you like, as long as you're not hurting someone. It's notable that this poptimist attitude has become even more widespread in the age of social media. Everybody likes something. The premise of a guilty pleasure is that it doesn't fit in with the taste of your social group. But now we have a larger digital social group. It's easier to like what you like when you have company. Conveniently, this technological advance coincided with the beginning of my 30s, a time when many of us became more shy about our listening. For some, it's a natural aging out. Life gets busier, and it's harder to keep up with new music, until, one day, that music doesn't sound like anything you recognize. The effort at staying current that I opened this episode with is driven mostly by a love of music, but I'd be lying if I didn't say I was also motivated by a fear of becoming irrelevant, like Kevin Klein's character in The Big Chill, who refuses to acknowledge any music released after his senior year of undergrad. Although, how relevant am I if my go-to reference here is The Big Chill? There's a relationship between the fear of aging out of culture and the impulse to share our taste. Sharing our musical taste is one way we show people our identity, the music producer and cognitive neuroscientist Susan Rogers said on a recent edition of the American Scholars podcast. Rogers is co-author of a new book called This Is What It Sounds Like, about how and why we like what we like. Hearing Rogers, I thought about how much I used to advertise my taste in music as a teenager. I talked to friends, but I also wore t-shirts, I covered everything I could in stickers, and I invited anyone who got in my car to look through my CD wallet. Classmates used to carve their favorite band's names into desktops. After graduation, some had logos and lyrics tattooed on their bodies. Nothing matters more to a teenager than the social environment. 
You need to fit in, and you need to fly your own flag, Roger says. When we get older, we share less because we know who we are. I was doing laundry while I listened to the interview, and loading the washing machine, I noticed that I didn't have any band t-shirts anymore. I do have several shirts for podcasts whose Patreons I've supported and publications that launch through Kickstarter. I wouldn't say I'm more enthusiastic about niche magazines and internet talk shows than I am about music, though. In my comfort over who I am, I've largely stopped wearing t-shirts out of the house, and I've embraced my love of vintage Oxfords. Rogers shares some research on how music shapes our identity. For about a third to half of the time we're awake, she says, we're not really focused on the outside world. Instead, we're in our heads, in a part of our brains called the default network. Rogers says the default network lights up when music we like comes on. When music we don't like comes on, the default network closes down. You reject it, Rogers says, as if our brains don't want our identity associated with certain sounds. The music we like is almost biological. When I don't let my apps tell others what I'm listening to, I'm hiding a display of personality that I can't control the way I can with my clothes, conversations, or this newsletter. It's one thing to type out an essay about something that's on my mind, or record it. But sharing the music that shapes my idea of myself? That's a pretty sensitive portion of the psyche to set out for public assessment. The answer for me is to get over it, and to admit that taste isn't a qualitative measurement. Rogers explains that music industry people sometimes do what are called record pulls, where you play records that matter greatly to you. You don't do it to show off. You bring the music that feels the most genuine and real and personal, then describe what, in particular about it, moves you. Rogers says your choice is a declaration, followed by an examination. This is my identity. This is my heart. Here's why. What should I do? What should I do? One record Rogers chooses for the podcast is Philosophy of the World by The Shags. You may know this band, but if not, here's a quick history. The Shags were a trio of sisters from New England. Their father, as a child, had been told by his mother, via a palm reading, that he would have daughters who would form a band. In 1965, he gave his daughters instruments, enrolled them in correspondence class high school, and made them follow a strict schedule of rehearsal and calisthenics. They never had any musical training. Their self-financed record from 1969 was lost until a member of NRBQ heard it and pushed for a wide release, which turned it into an object that's somewhere between a cult classic and a novelty. To call the band bad, or to say the sisters can't play their instruments, isn't quite accurate. They're playing in a style they invented, Roger says this is why so many people in the music business love them. The shags, with no technique whatsoever, and these innocent, cloistered lyrics, are pure authenticity, she says. The record is appropriately called Philosophy of the World because it's entirely their worldview, explained in only the way they could. I first heard about the Shags through an NPR story when I was a teenager. Of course. I found their music online. Very soon after, I told people I liked it. This was performative, but not entirely. I knew that liking the Shags was cool. Kurt Cobain had praised them. But I genuinely found the music interesting. 
I never put it on while I mowed the lawn or hung out with friends. I listened on solo drives with the windows rolled up and alone in my room. I studied it, trying to figure out why I liked it and why people I thought were cool liked it. I was hoping to find something in common. I never did. Instead, I found something that became meaningful to me. I associated this music with the feeling of driving down a country road with the sun setting over a recently shorn cornfield and a pit growing in my stomach about some nonsense at high school. I heard a similarity between the shags and the noise blasts of Sonic Youth and the Anything Goes recordings of Guided by Voices. Raw emotion on record. I never would have reached this conclusion if I hadn't been trying to look cool. The experience opened my eyes to what I wanted from music. Technical proficiency didn't impress me. Melody wasn't essential. Simplicity, unusual rhythm, and a sound that conveys a conflicted feeling were the elements that I wanted. Are these the only markers of good music? No. They're the markers of music I like, or that I liked when I was obsessed with how music made me feel and how it made me appear to others. Now I listen to all types of songs that would have shut down my default network as a kid. I bought a Steely Dan record last week, for goodness sake. It doesn't move me the way the rough, noisy sound of my teenage favorites does, but I don't feel a lot of things as strongly as I did back then. I know who I am, and I know what I like. And if I'm the only one who knows, that's just fine. Thanks for listening to Number One with a Bullard. The show is written and produced by me, Gabe Bullard. Linda Golden edits the script that I read and the newsletter that you can read at GabeBullard.com. If you found this on Apple Podcasts, or even if you didn't, it would be great if you went to Apple Podcasts and left a rating and review. But who am I kidding? I have heard requests to leave a rating and review at Apple Podcasts probably thousands of times at this point in my life, and I've maybe done it like twice. So I understand. This feels like boilerplate. You're probably not going to do it. One thing you could do, though, that would be pretty nice is tell a friend. You know, on the newsletter, I have to, like, ask you to forward it, which is kind of weird. So if you would rather just tell a friend about this or send a link over somehow, that would be pretty cool. If not, I understand, too. I'm really just glad that you're here. Thanks for listening. Let's talk about music sometime.